0: FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host, Jason Venable, and this is going to be a b-b-b-bonus episode, and you know what? It's kind of a cheat episode. I'm kind of getting away with something here. <laughs> so, um, Mr. and Mrs. X, number 12, does technically have some snick It has a wolverine and a photograph. It has saber-tooth in a flashback scene, both of which are valid reasons to talk about this comic. And, you know, where I think this is a cheat episode, (laughs) is normally that's the kind of thing that I would just kind of tack on the end of one of our regular current comics episodes and spend, you know, five to ten minutes on it. You just kind of mention, hey, by the way, they were in here, so let me give a couple of thoughts on what I liked or didn't like about the book, and, and move on. Um, but a couple of different things happened that led to me wanting to kind of do something a little bit different. Um, a, if you remember, and you may not, and it's fine if you don't, but if you remember when I covered uh, Gambit's first appearance... One of the things I mentioned was that I kind of lamented that, you know, if I had more time, I would really kind of love to to go back and do a Gambit podcast. Um, Obviously, I don't, really. I barely have time to do this one. I mean, it's a miracle that I get episodes out in a routine manner. <laughs> it really is. I'm, I hope that it looks effortless and easy, but but... You know, with just my current life scenario, you know, it can be pretty challenging at times. And so, obviously, we don't have time to do that. The other thing that happened is because I did not know that there was a Wolverine sabretooth barely there appearance in this. And because I read my comics in somewhat of a reverse order, like the stuff I want to read the most goes to the bottom of my stack... And because I'm kind of really, like, actually quite far behind on current comics, um, I did not read this when it, I mean, I'm a little behind on reading this. Um, I won't say how far behind, because I don't know when exactly this episode will come out. But I'm, I'm a little behind on reading this, and so I was like, oh, wait, there's a cameo. I don't really have another thing to, to talk about this at the moment, an episode to stick this on the back of. So, I guess a couple of thoughts. A, hopefully you will still find the episode interesting, even though there's really not much Wolverine to speak of. You know, maybe you share your love of of Gambit, or Rogue, you know, with me, or um, maybe you're just like, hey, that's cool, we're still talking about comics, it doesn't really matter that this one doesn't really have much to do with Wolverine. Or, maybe you're like, what is this guy doing, this isn't what I come here for, and that's fine too, so I'm going to kind of let you have a win-win, uh, I hope, I think. Um, a, this episode probably will not be very long, um, you know, it's one issue, and I, I do have some things I want to share, because I really loved this book, um, and not, I don't mean just number 12, I like just, this this comic series in general, really loved and hopefully you loved it, too, and won't mind hearing me talk about it. But it should be short, so so if you don't want to hear it, that's good. The other thing is, you know, like I said, I don't know exactly what episode this will be or when it will come out. But I promise, because of the format and everything else, it will not come out by itself. So if you don't really want to listen to me talk about Mr. and Mrs. X, and you want to just get back to, to classic Wolverine stuff, then I promise you that whenever this comes out, there will be another episode already in the feed with it then you can just skip this and go ahead to the next one um so that so, so kind of get that out of the way i do want to talk about mr and mrs x number 12 um this is written by kelly thompson who i adore uh art by javier abina uh colors by frank Marta, letters by vcs josevino And the cover is by the Dodsons, who have done, you know, most of the covers to this book, or all, really, of the covers to this book. Why say most when you mean all, right? Um, And this cover is the last cover. um, In the case I don't think I mentioned yet, uh, number 12 is the last issue of this series, which is kind of why I wanted to to maybe give a little extra time to it. Um, So on this cover, we have Rogue and Gambit embracing... And a flying kiss. Um. Gambit is. Dropping some cards. And there's just some pink random energy around them. Not real sure what it's trying to show. But it looks cool. Um. And there's like a whitish. It's not really. It's not quite a pure white background. Unless my cover's just messed up. (laughs) I I think there's like scuffy marks on it. (laughs) Um. Because it's only my only only scuffy in the background. I'm not scuffing in the image. So I'm guessing there's some like tannish like smud intentional kind of smudges on the on the white background, but it's a pretty good cover. Um you know, I love the the colors on it as well. Um and it looks really nice. So of course this series is all about Mr. and Mrs. X, the real power couple of the X Men. Not that Scott and Jean noise. Um and it's you know, going back to the Rogan Gambit series, also by Kelly Thompson, and then the Mr. and Mrs. X series, it's kind of detailed. They're kind of getting back together and their adventures, really fun adventures, if you don't mind my saying. Um, and then also their subsequent wedding and kind of their married life. And we had a big, really cool adventure out in space um, after they got married, kind of their honeymoon in space. A uh, nod to. to Snit cast alumni Cameron Sinclair, one of our first bands, uh, a band called Storage, uh, one of our EPs, uh, he wrote a song for his then-fiancé, oh, no, I think actually she was just, they were still just dating at that point, when he wrote it. Um, anyway, uh, called Honeymoon in Space, and it was a really cool song, it was really just appropriately spacey and sonic sounding, uh, I played at that point in that band, I was doing drums, and I think, um, on that song, I played Sandpaper and Triangle, yeah, I really did, um, anyway, uh, I don't think there's a way for anyone to find that, maybe I'll, if I have a digital copy somewhere, maybe I'll stick a little bit on here, um, at the end of the episode or something, uh, No Promises, I don't even really know if I have easy access to a copy of that, but, um, but if I do, then you know, maybe maybe you can hear a hear a smidge um, on that song. Uh, anyway, the, talking about their honeymoon in space made me think of that, and I chased a rabbit because that's kind of what I do. Um, anyway, they came back, and you know, Gamma's dad showed up and said, you know, you're the King of Thieves, but the guild has betrayed you. So Gambit went to New Orleans to investigate, and Rogue went off to try to find the X-Men, who, of course, are mostly presumed dead in age of X-Men, but then uh, Scott and Logan are running around in Uncanny, so she was going to try to reconnect with the X-Men, make sure everything is okay, uh, you know, check in on how everybody was doing after everybody died. (laughs) You know, because she cares about her family, right? And, um... Of course, n- either not able to find anybody, or, or kind of figuring out what she needs, she comes back to rescue Gambit, but then get captured by this, um, uh, oh gosh, what, uh, let me go back here, I'm, I'm brain farting on the name, um, Shoot. Why is it not in the summary? Oh, Kandra. Or Chandra. Chandra. I don't know how you want to say it. Anyway, uh, a a villain from Gambit's past, or adversary at least, from Gambit's past is resurrecting herself in a young girl's body um, and is working with Belladonna to bring the guilds together and and oust Gambit. And kind of this demands you know, honor and sacrifice. And so, so Gambit is, is in the catacombs of the Thieves' Guild, kind of imprisoned, and he's thinking about, you know, his life and how coming home can, can tear him to pieces and he says now nah, literally because he has a gash in his side. Um, but that remembers old loves and new loves and, you know, family obligation versus family obligation. He has a picture of his dad and the picture of the X-Men and then, of course, this is the nineties X men that you know includes Wolverine um and you know the guild and all that, and he they're in him and rogue are in power dampening collars and rogue is strewn up on like a big wooden x uh a la like a Wolverine when he was crucified in the outback um very similar situation and and Chandra, Chandra ...is, you know, kind of preaching at Gambit a little bit... ...that she's united the guilds with her resurrection... ...and she has power... ...but she needs a sacrifice of power to kind of... ...continue because she's in this inferior body... ...and she says, Rogue will do nicely... ...or Belladonna. Belladonna's like, what? What? No, no. We're on the same side. She's like, no, sorry. Gambit's going to choose who he wants to sacrifice... ...and he has an hour to choose... And so then Gambit goes back to prison. He remembers the last time he had a choice like this, which is our Sabretooth flashback. Um, you know, at that point, he was a little younger, a little rasher. Uh, that was back in X-Men number 33, which I remember that cover. I don't entirely remember that story. I'm looking forward to getting back there in the flashback episodes. Um, but yeah, um, but he pulls something out of his side almost it looks like a little bullet or something that maybe he got shot with and the bullet stayed in so he pulls it out and uh he looks like he's gonna use it for something and so contra comes back and says have you made your decision and he's like i have and so he goes back to the room he's putting chains Rogue's still on the cross belladonna's in chains and then gambit starts to beg says please 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 and she's like don't beg and she walks up and she's still kind of monologuing and, um, you know, doing her thing. And she's like, what? And he pulls off. He picked the lock on his dampening collar. And then he spits out the bullet or whatever was in him. He had it in his mouth. This, this is kind of a cool scene. He, he pops the collar and then opens his mouth and you see the bullet between his teeth and it starts to glow. And he's charged it and he shoots it out and you know, blows some stuff up with a big boom. And in a really cool panel where he starts... He grabs, like, the chains and the manacles around his wrist and charges them and blows them up and starts spitting out some more stuff. Um, and frees Rogue, who says she's learned a lot from Gambit, including how to pick locks. And so she pulls out the lock pick, pops her own collar, and our heroes, our power couple, is back in business... And really cool visual and color work as Gambit um, continues to kind of up the charge on his chains and swing him around and take out thieves and assassins. Rogue actually frees Belladonna. But remember now, her power doesn't have to touch people. She just has to be around people. And we find out or are reminded that when she's under high stress, that's when she starts to lose control a little bit and she starts absorbing Gambit unintentionally. And Gambit's like, Rogue, please. And she's like, okay, okay, just, just breathe. And she controls the fear, and she did it. And so her and Peladonna fight side by side. They're fighting thieves and assassins alike. And then Gambit's dad shows up, um, and he joins the fight. Uh, Rogue puts Chandra in a chokehold as Gambit hops around being acrobatic and doing his thing. Um... And yeah, it's just, a, it's just a really cool scene. And um, there's at there's some point where he had delayed like a delayed charge and power that he's been working on. It says it takes a lot out of him, so he doesn't do it much. But it works really well here and blows Chandra up. And um, he has a good conversation with his dad. And, you know, he basically makes a really big speech that, you know, he is King of the Thieves and... You know, for a long time, he's felt like people have been pulling on him. Like, are you going to be the leader of the Thieves' Guild, or are you going to be an X-Man, or, you know, a mutant hero? And he's kind of gone back and forth and struggled with that, and he's kind of, whatever the circumstance needs him to be. And he says, but now I've come to peace, then I'm both. Um, a man can be many things, He said. I know without a doubt what I am and what I want. I will lead you, and you damn well will follow. I am your king. When he wants to come for the crown, you best not miss again. But I'm also an X-Man, so I'm going to go off and do some stuff sometimes. When I'm gone, uh, my dad here is kind of ruler in my stead. He speaks for me. His word is law for the guild. So, you know... You disobey or come after him. I consider that an attack on myself. So you want to make sure that that's really what you want to do. Um, then he hands over Chandra to Belladonna. She can go off and do what she needs to do <laughs> with that. Um, and Rogue is like, okay, well, i got to get back to New York. I can't. I've lost contact with Scott and Logan. And and Gabe is like, I know. I know. And uh, they're about to leave but before they leave, uh, Gambus dad is like, Oh no, no, we gotta go see Tata Matty and Tata Maddie. Um, you know, their kind of surrogate aunt And so they go there and she's mad. She's mad she wasn't invited to the wedding, mad that they've been in New Orleans this long without visiting her, but she makes them some good food. Um and then she starts talking about when are you guys gonna give me some babies? Uh, then we go back to New York and and Gambit and Rogue are kind of worried, Uh, Gambit's deep in thought Um, you know, it kind of says, you know, it'd be nice to go home someday, be in New Orleans uh, without a fight you know, be nice to constantly not have to prove myself to my family the thieves the assassins, the X-Men you and. You know, it's kind of a little bit of a pity party, but it's realistic. I mean, he he's kind of feels like, hey, I'm I'm always having to try to be something I'm not. Or if I'm not doing that, I'm trying so hard to make up for past misdeeds or, or people's expectations of me that you know, I never really feel free. And Rogue stops him and says, you don't have to prove yourself to me. Um, maybe I've managed to do that in the past, but I apologize. It's over now. I know you, you know you know me and no one has anything to prove. Um and Gamma's like, Well is it that simple? And Rogue says, "We'll make it that simple And he's like, Okay And they you know they talk about they gotta make this marriage work for their cats <laughs> their fur babies <laughs> And Gamma says, You talking about babies? And she's like, No no, not those kind of babies And Gamma says, Maybe someday maybe, and they end in a kiss, and it's, it's really nice, and really sweet, and, um, you know, kind of tonally, and just the adventure, the, you know, lots of action and fighting, the lots of emotion has been indicative of this series the whole way through, um, so the art is really good, uh, Jami Arpina, who has spelled, uh, Oscar Balls, I think I said that wrong, um. You know, on a couple of guest spots, you know, does the last issue as, as Oscar has gone on. Probably had to quit early to get a head start on his stunning Loki number one. If you haven't checked that out yet, uh, go check that out. It looks amazing. I also want to give big props to Frank DiMarda. The colors in this book are so good. Um, you know, lots of greens around Rogue, lots of pinks around Gambit and his energy, um, and the colors just really make this art pop. Um, you know, I really enjoyed Oscar's art. You know, I think we talked about it a little bit with, uh, the Excalibur Rose and said maybe the only drawback was kind of his baby face, uh, on, you know, all the women looked like really young girls at times, um, just facially speaking. Um, and honestly, you know, Pena does in a pretty similar style and it kind of has some of the same drawbacks but overall it's just a really nice looking book um the story was fun and sweet and they feel like a real married couple. like if superheroes are going to be married if x-men are going to be married and and have to deal with marital drama and marital bliss and then also fighting and adventures this feels like very true to what that might feel like um So, big kudos to Kelly Thompson for for writing this book. And I'm very sad that it's ending. Um, I am glad that they will be together on the same team, uh, post-Hickman, um, or I guess in the, in the Hickman X universe, um, they're both going to be on the new Excalibur book, which looks really cool, um. I am sad to see this go though I'm gonna really miss this book um a lot um and I hope the optimist in me hopes that it's just a natural ending to get ready for House of x and powers of x or powers of ten, depending on uh what interpretation you're you're meaning for that book um and, you know, you hope that's the only reason this is ending, that had that big sweeping change not been coming to the X-Universe, that maybe this book could, could live on past 12 issues. Uh, and the realist in me wonders if that's really possible. Um, I think <laughs> uh, S- uh, Al Sedano from uh the Resurrections podcast about Adam Warlock and Thanos uh, was recently on Excalibur with Dan and Georgie, and and kind of summed up something that, that I've felt often, um, or pointed out something that I've noticed a lot. That you know, pretty much other than I think he said Wolverine and Cable. I would say Wolverine and Deadpool. Um, other than those two X-Men solo books, twelve's about the the cap. <laughs> it's about how long they're able to go and sustain, it seems, without getting cancelled, either because there's a change in the status quo or just lack of sales. But whether this book has sold that well or not, and I usually lean on Danny and George... Danny and George? I do that a lot. Georgie and Dan to tell me, um, so I don't really know but um, how, how it's sold. But I know that I... Really, really enjoyed this whole series and, and really going to miss it. Um, I'm at least thankful that Kelly Thompson still has, you know, kind of a lot going on. Um, you know, her Jessica Jones, Digital Comics, um, Captain Marvel, and, you know, hopefully, maybe she'll end up back in... Was she on one of the... oh, crap, no, I don't remember if she was on one of the new X-Books come out in October or not? Let me see if I can look that up without stalling too much. Um, If my phone would work. So we're going to look at new X-Men books. And that's not what I want. Uh, Uh... Do, 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 do. Aha. And so does this have the creatives let's see here. Let's see, real fast, real fast, real fast. Yeah, alright, so X-Men is the Where is Or Gary Dugan? Excalibur is Teeny Howard. New Mutants is Hickman and Brisson. Fallen Angels is Brian Edward. Hill. That should be cool. I'll, I'll talk about all these more on the next episode with the Escalabra, yeah, I promise. Um, so the like Thompson is not on a Wave 1 X-Book. I expect Wave 2 to kind of contain these solo books... So maybe she'll end up on, on one of those. I hope so. I really like having her, I mean, I'm Marvel in general, because I like reading her comics, but specifically enjoying her take on the X characters. So I hope, hope to see her land back in the X universe sometime. Like I said, stoked that at least whatever Hickman and crew are doing in the new new status quo, that, that bringing Rogue and Gambit back together, it looks like that's going to last a while, so I'm very glad to see that. Um, anyway, so like I said, this episode was just kind of about me celebrating and mourning the end of of Mr. and Mrs. X, because I, I'm not going to say every issue was perfect, but most of them were close, and I just really enjoyed the series overall. Um, would definitely highly recommend it if you care about either of these characters, or just, like I said, about the drama of you know, X-Men trying to make a marriage work, like in a kind of realistic, down-to-earth kind of way. Um, so if you haven't read it, give it a shot. You know, maybe some trades and stuff can help boost its its presence, you know, go, going back if you didn't buy the singles. Um, you know, or get it digitally, whatever. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I support this book and endorse this book and go check it out. And so... Yeah, I think it's going to do it. Like I said, a pretty short episode. Really no, no Wolverine to talk of. Um, I will say, Pena's old 90s saber tooth looked pretty mean. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's it. So Mr. and Mrs. X is ended with number 12. And I feel like I'm just repeating myself, so I'm going to cut it there. Um, so I don't know exactly which episode this is going to come out with, so I don't know... As a companion piece, <laughs> I don't know uh, what will be next, but I'm sure it'll be something really cool. Um, I know it'll be before 350, so we are somewhere close to 350 when this comes out, and that should be a pretty big deal. I'm going to talk about the original Weapon X series from Marvel Comics Presents. Um, more to come on that, um, but it should be exciting. So... For the podcast that goes snicked, please like the Facebook page. Twitter is at snickcast. Retweets and Facebook shares are always, always appreciated. Thank you very much for those of you doing that. And, um, yeah, so until next time, hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye-bye. And snack.